Welcome to the Rise Out Podcast, a podcast by parents for parents. I'm your host, Kaz Casillas, husband, father, and performance coach. We discuss topics around the areas of resiliency, nutrition, exercise, rest, recovery, and everything in between. Join us as we all learn to live well, feel well. Here's today's episode. Enjoy. Today on the show, we have Dr. Danielle Livingstone, DPT of physical therapy, who is passionate about helping patients return to their prior level of function and showing them that it's possible to perform movements they once were able to. She's a former D1 track and field athlete from the University of Georgia State. She later received her doctorate in physical therapy at Florida International University. She's also a certified strength and conditioning specialist and has blended both her passions of fitness and rehabilitation to better service her community. She lives by the same exercises medicine, and in her pastime, she is probably in the gym or reading a good book. She's an advocate for inclusion and accessibility and is constantly finding ways to encourage and educate others on the importance of movement. She believes it's never too late to make lifestyle changes and will continue to bring forth this message through her career and endeavors. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Cause. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me onto the show today. You're most welcome. You know, when we encounter people like you who are just doing amazing things in their field, it's a disservice to our community not to bring them on, you know, and having them on and talking about their passion. But I wanted to start off with one question. Why physical therapy? Why do you do what you do? Uh, the question, like I get it all the time. We get it a lot when we're, you know, going to interviews to get into the program. Um, for me, it goes back to what you touched on a little bit into the intro. I truly believe exercise is medicine. Um, and, you know, when you are moving and you are more physically fit, everything else aligns in your life. Um, and, you know, there's so many different types of physical therapy and settings that people aren't aware of that I even learned going to school. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's just so much that we do um, from just rehabbing from, you know, the typical injuries you guys probably have heard of Of um, from surgery and stuff like that. But, you know, there's also like pelvic floor, which I know we're going to touch on probably today about, um, you know, and there's pediatrics, there's just so much. And um, I think every single person can benefit from physical therapy. And I want to just continue being a driving force in this field to just educate people on the benefits of it. That's awesome. You know, with the reason we started our company and our brand, uh, Rise Out, was to really touch the community that's really never really talked about. You know, parents, in my opinion, in my wife's opinion, we feel that it all starts at home with what parents do, don't do, teach or don't teach to our littles. You know, with that being said, we hear a lot about parents not having time. Moms are busy. Dads are busy. However, what can you say or let us know or say about women who are trying to get back into the, the their fitness level or like you mentioned, getting back to doing things they used to do? Um, definitely huge lifestyle changes once you have kids, both for mom and dad. Um, but usually, as you know, we all know women, it's, you know, their body that physically goes through the changes after yes, having yes, yes. Um, a child or children. So, um, you know, I'm really big on making time. That is one of, you know, the hashtags, the slogans I use with my patients or my private, you know, physical therapy clients is making time because I'm really big on making lifestyle changes, not, you know, oh, I, I just want to lose weight or, oh, I just want to not be in pain or I want to move this way better. Um, it's how can we make this for, you know, a lifelong, you know, thing to fit into your busy schedules. And I always tell people, you know, just how you prioritize, you know, going to work or, you know, you might have children now and you're, they're your priority. As we know, you, you have to take care of yourself to do all the things that you want to do. And for parents, that's huge. You know, a lot of people have kids and they kind of, 
you know, take them out of the equation. Mm -hmm. And this is just a a clinician um, standpoint. I want to make a disclaimer. I am not a mother. I've never had kids. You know, I don't even know if I want children, but I do know that I have had, you know, patients and clients who have confided in me or who I've worked with, who, you know, have said these things. And my biggest thing is, you know, making time to prioritize yourself. Cause once you're, you know, physically starting to feel better and you're able to move everything else flows like you're mentally better you're emotionally better your kids would feel like will you know feed off of that and it's so hard being you know a new parent um and i i know it's not like a switch of a button where you know you can just create this time but of course that comes into like scheduling and you know planning out your day as best as you can getting help possibly to watch children if that's something that you're able to do I know everyone's situation is so different you have single parents out there you have you know two parent households you know both parents might have to work but everything is baby steps Um, I'm not saying go work out five days a week get right back into it but implementing it little by little into your schedule that's exactly correct you know living a a, a lifestyle where you're you're trying to prioritize your health is very difficult. You know, we're busy, you're busy, people are busy just in general, you know? And if we don't prioritize the time to take care of ourselves, then are we really pro- prioritizing the health of our children? That's the question I always ask myself as a, as a father, as a fitness guru, you know, we both come from fitness backgrounds. However, if I didn't make the time to feel better, what example am I truly giving to my children or the people around me? Right, right. A hundred percent, like being the example for sure. Exactly. Now, I mean, we know that one of your passions are the, the people, the demographic that you like working with is our moms. You know, can you tell me a little bit more about why you like working with this special pop? I know moms get a lot of, a lot of work. They get a lot of things that they have to do to take care of the home people outside the home, as well as the, even providing for their children or people around them? Yeah. So, um, I work with various populations. I'm not confined to one population, but I have had, you know, the ability and the means to work with postpartum, um, women, or they have had children in some capacity, whether it was, you know, they're 50 year olds now, or they're younger. Um, and, it's a blessing to see, you know, how their bodies have changed and how I've been able to help them. And, you know, with my profession. Um, And I think it's just so amazing that, you know, they go through these changes in their bodies and, you know, emotionally and physically and everything, but they're still, you know, able to, you know, like you said, take care of the house and do whatever it is, whether they're working women or they take care of the household or whatever the case may be, you know, I am able to work with them and get them back to their like previous level of function or above that. Or a lot of times people don't understand, you know, why these women come to physical therapy. Um, There's so many reasons they could have had some type of traumatic experience during birth and their pelvis could be, you know, not aligned or they could have torn their abdominal muscles and had separation. they, you know, are now holding their child a certain way and now their body's compensating. So there's just so many different reasons why, you know, I have worked with, you know, a few of these type of, you know, patients. Mm -hmm. Um, But all in all, just like any other population, it's to get them back to their previous level of function. Of course. And I commend you for that. You know, um, you have a really interesting job working with these populations because you not only have to diagnose or fix the problem that they come with, but you also have to be able to build that relationship with them that they start trusting you and allowing you to help them. You know, right. Now, yeah. I was also reading an article a couple of days ago about the benefits of, of, of physical therapy. You know, it said in this article that postpartum depression was reduced by about 50% or so just because of physical therapy. Have you noticed any of those changes within your own patients as they start 
and finish the program with you? Yeah. So, you know, with this population or any population, um, we sometimes screen for certain other disorders or something like that, like depression. And if we need to say, hey, you know, go see a, a different kind of therapist, you know, not a physical therapist, but we'll work with them to get the help that they need and do physical therapy and any type of like psychological therapy that they may need. Um, but yes, um, in general with physical therapy, I have definitely seen an increase in like confidence with patients, um, whether they're elderly or they, you know, might have some postpartum depression from the women that I have seen, or, you know, they, they have an underlying condition, like a progressive disease, which I have worked a lot with like Parkinson's and, you know, they, are just depressed because of the situation that they're in. Of course. Um, whenever you do, do physical therapy, and it's kind of like what you said, um, you know, they confide in you a little bit and they talk to us a lot because they see us maybe twice or three times a week. And, you know, you become like friends with your patients. Of course. So of you, course. they tell you everything about their lives and you're involved and it's like a new relationship you have. And you can see from like start to end because you have helped them and you've made them, you know, physically better. And you've probably given them more confidence, like from their first initial evaluation when they stepped in with you to when you're discharging them and they're leaving, they're going out on their own to, you know, doing that you taught them, you know, there is this sense of, you know, they're happier and they tell you like, I feel better. I can do more, you know, a lot of things in therapy, you, when you talk to patients, they are down because they can't do something, you know, and we're here to show them, okay, I will help you get back to doing this, or this is your goal, whether it's, I want to be able to bend down and pick up my child without back pain. Like I have, I have had a patient to her, she's a grandmother and she wants to be able to pick up her, her grandchild out of the crib, you know, but without pain, or you might be older and you, you can only withstand walking a block and you're like, I want to walk further. You know, these people are down because they can't do something. And our job is to show them how to do it, you know, more functionally and without pain. You are correct with that. Um, Your model speaks for itself that exercise is medicine. You know, the biggest mistake that people make, in my opinion, is that they stop moving, you know, for whatever reason. I remember few years back, I tore my patellar tendon, big, gruesome injury. You know, you can't do things for several, several weeks, even months, you know, before you're able to even move your, your, your leg again. I could, I had two choices. I could stay and and have wallow in my self-pity about, Oh, look at me, what happened? Or I could actually say, you know what? Little setback. It's going to take a little bit longer to reach where I'm at or where I want to go, but I can either stay on the couch and lose mobility and lose and, atrophy my muscles, or I can change right. my perspective, work with what I have little by little and continue to make progress little by little. Right. 100%. And like, that's exactly, you know, what we do like you hit the nail on the head and it's sometimes it's you're, you're going to the therapist and they can show you like, this is how you do it, or this is what you're only allowed to do in this time frame, And we know exactly like the, the proper protocols, the proper contra indications of what you shouldn't do during this time, what you should do. And like, we're with you, your entire recovery journey exactly. to, to the end. You know, even now I have a little instability in my, in my knee, um, but it's, it's, I've done a little bit more research and a little bit more studying on that aspect. And it's due to the, the gluteus, gluteus medius, you know, okay, yes, yes. um, weakness in that, that because our population sits so much, you know? Correct. So how much of that is attributed, do you think, to normal back pain that America feels now? You know, people associate yeah. normal back pain as regular. Yeah. I'm like, no, you shouldn't be in pain at all, should you? Yeah, like 80% of my case. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, it's, 
it's one of those things where, you know, you're right. Like I will never tell a patient like they don't have pain, you know, like you can only feel what's in your body, exactly. but it's taking a step back and saying, well, what am I doing? That's probably causing the pain or what am I not doing that is causing the pain? And, you know, sedentary, you know, when you are sedentary, you are attributing more to your pain because people think, you know, if I'm in pain and I don't move, then I won't be in pain, but it's the total opposite. You know, you're in pain, you don't move, you're in more pain. It's like a sphere avoidance model of like not wanting to do things. Then it just like, it continues just cycles. I think all the lower back pain is like, right. There's like, there's like this wrong joke in like the PT community about low back pain. And it's like, you know, everyone's trying to find like the next biggest um, breakthrough protocol or yeah. something that like can explain, you know, back pain. But a lot of it, I do believe comes from, you know, being sedentary. I know a lot mm-hmm. of PT can agree with that. It's, it's like, we get a lot of evaluations for low back pain and some of it can be from tra- like something traumatic happen, or it mm-hmm. could be, you know, you're just sedentary or you're older and you're arthritic now, but just because there's these labels put on what you have structurally, it doesn't mean that you're not like capable of doing. Things. Exactly. You know, I've, I've been following this guy, uh, knees over toe guy. You know, um, and he's doing a lot of things of where back in the day when I was being trained in high school and and in college, they said it was very difficult or very extreme to go past your toes when you worked out, you know, but time over time has passed and they're reverting all that information. You know, so much more information is being taught now because we have so many more resources. Right. And, right. and I think people have also like tested stuff too. you know, the whole knees over toes thing, you know, yeah. that's very, that's a controversial to- topic. It too. is very controversial. You know, but I go back to saying everything is like, what is the why? What is the mm-hmm. purpose? Why exactly. are you going, if, if you are 80 years old and you just, you know, bend down and pick up something like we can teach you properly to not go over your toes because your body can't withstand the stretch, but the stress, but are you a athlete and you're trying to go to the next level and your body sometimes when you play your sport goes knees over toes and yeah, let's work you in the ranges that your body needs to be able to form. Exactly. I think you hit that nail on the head as well, because a lot of times because of our lack of mobility or lack of flexibility, we don't have those, ranges of motion in the planes that we need. You know, a lot of times with the population that we do work, they're so sedentary that when they reach over to bend down to pick up a box or a book or something that dropped, their back goes out, you know? Correct. So what would you say to these parents or the this population that we're trying to address about mobility and flexibility? So a lot of the times when you know, people are getting back into working out. It's so focused on like getting stronger and that's all great. And I'm 100% for it. Um, a lot of the, the deficits are not only them being, you know, like components, but also decreased flexibility, decreased mobility, decreased stability. And when we don't, do certain like interventions or exercises or like modalities done to us to help us achieve those greater ranges um, and to reduce those restrictions that we're having. That's when there's all these imbalances. It's not just like, I need to strength train, you strength train. Like that is important too, but you also have to focus on like mobility and stability. And that's why, you know, I'm always an advocate to seeing a PT, not because I am a PT, but because like, it's literally what we do. And if you are a parent, especially a woman who at some point has given birth or they, you know, you gave birth and you're trying to get back into movement, you want somebody, you, you go to your doctor, right? And they say, okay, you can go, you can get back to exercise. It's X amount of time has passed. You're good. And then whether you had a C-section or a natural birth, your doctor tells you however long it is until you can get back into it. So it's like, where do you go from there? 
you just go and start doing things on your own. I mean, yeah, sure. If you are someone who has previous knowledge and you feel confident, cool. But there's a lot of people who have given birth and were never, you know, as physically active, even even before birth. So now they're in a position where they're like, well, I want to move more. I probably want to lose weight. I feel sluggish. What do I do? And instead of like figuring it out on your own, ask your doctor for a script to go see a physical therapist mm-hmm. because then you can get a full body analysis. We, in your initial evaluation, we look at you structurally. We ask you a whole bunch of screening questions, the okay. history taking. We do like certain tests on you and measures to see you know, what exactly is going on and how we can get you to meet certain goals that you and ourselves want you to meet based off of that encounter and the encounters that come with your follow-up. So just ask for a script. Like that's like the simplest answer I can say when speaking to your doctor, you know, ask for PT. You know, that's very interesting because even with my wife, we had three children, you know, and me being in the fitness industry, I knew where to lead her and what to do with her to an extent, you know, I'm not a, by no means I'm no physical therapist, but I knew enough from my corrective exercise background and my performance enhancement background that I could do certain things, certain exercises, especially starting with the pelvic floor and your core, you know, things that would help her with mobility and and stability. However, not everybody has that luxury. I think that's very interesting that you say that these women can actually ask for a prescription for a physical therapist. That's just mind blowing because nobody's ever taught that, you know? Right. (laughs) So it's like, okay, you had the baby, you're on your own, best of luck to you, you know, basically it's what they do. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, some doctors might recommend it. Some probably Mm -hmm. don't say it, you know, everything is just based on your provider. Um, but you are more than, you know, welcome to ask and your doctor were more than likely like write you a script, take some two seconds, and then you find a therapist. If you are a woman who needs a specialty and, you know, like the pelvic floor, like mm-hmm. you kind of touched on it there. A lot of people don't even know what a pelvic floor is, but it's just, it's like the muscles that support your pelvis and help Mm. you like voiding and stuff like that. And, you know, it's becoming big in physical therapy where, you know, physical therapists are getting um, certified and, you know, it's their specialty, you know, when you have any kind of like incontinence or voiding issues or Mm. restrictions or anything like that, um, or leaking or anything like that, you go to a pelvic floor physical therapist and I am not a pelvic floor physical therapist. So disclaimer there, but I know, and I have colleagues that are, and it's their specialty. And I will, you know, put, you know, give you the names of that cost that you could put, you know, in the description. So you can, you know, if they need more resources, they can go to them. But, you know, I, I have like been under a pelvic floor therapist and seeing what she's done to you. And if you're having any type of like issues with that, you need, you should see a physical therapist to actually, you know, take a look at that because they will put the electrodes in you. They'll do an internal exam. Like we can do all that. The ones who are certified to do pelvic floor internal exam, check you out, see what's going on, what muscles are in spasm in your pelvic floor, which ones aren't, you know, as strong or you know, contracting well, and they will help you with that. That's awesome. You know, we have all these specialty doctors for different various ailments. However, we never really hear about specialty physical therapists as much, you know, especially nowadays that everything is going towards a virtual world. You really don't ever get to meet up with a, a personal physical therapist and build that relationship to where you feel comfortable exploring these options. Right. You know, yeah. You know, one thing that I do like about what you explained is that you talk about don't be afraid to ask. You know, I think that we often are so caught up with the notion of being judged for whatever we have that we don't want to ask. We don't want to put ourselves out there. And I feel that people who build a relationship with their therapist or doctor are more at liberty to ask for those resources if they know what's available. 
Yes, 100%. And, you know, you can't blame, you know, people for not knowing. You know, when you don't know, like, you really just don't know. And healthcare is one of those things where a lot of people don't know. And I, it, and it's so crazy you say that because it's true. Like, I have family and I have friends who know zero about the healthcare field and mm-hmm. they have questions, they come to me. And it's not even just about PT, it's just in general, like exactly. from the insurance standpoint to, you know, they need to get an MRI, you know, or what doctor should they see for X, Y, and Z. And it's like, it's so crazy that every single day we pay how much money a month to earn like insurances and like people still don't know the ins and outs of healthcare. Exactly. It's crazy. (laughs) You know, you are very correct with that. You know, my wife had a C-section with all of our babies, you know? So with that being said, if it wasn't for us actually being in the, in this industry, we would have been like everyone else and not knowing what to do. You know? So I feel like we as professionals should be able to build resources like we are now for this community to be able to pull from. Yes. 100%. I, I agree. I think just continuously educating people doing like exactly what you're doing just even having a podcast of different specialties or professionals come on here and just talk about their niche it just gives the information you know like space to be out there and people to find it and it's accessibility like I'm all about accessibility um and if I can help one person on this podcast you didn't know about something I said and like provide a resource for them to, you know, go to, then I'm doing my job. Exactly. You know, a lot exactly. of it with PT is patient education. You know, we have to educate our patients so they know what's available. Exactly. I mean, I have a lot of people that, I, that I've, I've seen online or even on their social platforms, and they care more about their likes or their tweets and retweets and stuff like that. And you strike me as a person who's real genuine and really cares about the patient. And I really do thank you for that. You know, a lot of times professionals only care about what they look like to the community, not what they can offer to the community. But with your genuine spirit and your your motto and what you believe in, that speaks volumes for you. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. (laughs) You know, we talk about all these things. However, what can you say? towards the fact that we still continue saying we don't have enough time. We don't have the resources. We don't know where to go. What do you do with those patients who keep telling you that? Hey there. I want to say thank you for allowing us to come into your space and for taking the time to listen to our episode today. I would also like to ask a small favor of you. If you would please leave us a comment, a review on all major platforms of how we're doing and what you liked or didn't like about today's episode. We'd really appreciate it. We're trying to grow and we need your help. Please share with your friends, your family, and anybody that you feel needs to hear the message of living well, feeling well. Once again, thank you. Now back to our show. Okay, so I think, I don't want to sound mean, but um, I feel like I, I give a lot of information. I tell people if you have a question or something like reach out to me, patients so they can come to me. They need additional resources. And I'm really big on discipline. That's just my personality. I've always been this way. And I think if you really want to help yours, then you would ask those questions to get more information and then once you information you have to apply it right like yes, yes. information without application like there there's a fine line like i don't want to say you're being lazy to a patient of course not <laughs> of but course 
if I'm giving you all the tools, you're still trying to tell me that you somehow, you know, and I get it, life happens or whatever. We do every, and this is me saying we've done every single thing, right? We've mapped out a schedule. We've found the time. We've done all that. And now it's like, well, I still, you know, and it's like, well, are you doing everything in your mm-hmm. power? A lot of times people want providers to just solve things for them. And like, yes, we are problem solvers, but it takes two. I tell this to my patients. I tell this to my private clientele. Like, I'm going to give you everything. You just have to do it. You have to find the time because you're not the only person who doesn't have time. You know, a lot of people don't have time and everything is very situational based. But if you are not doing everything in your power, then someone can't help you. Exactly. You know, we talk about intrinsic motivation, you know, and it starts with us. If we're not willing to make the changes or willing to change the way we're living, then we can't blame others for not getting us there. Yes, 100%. Like accountability is like very huge. Um, like that I expect people to take, like that's just my personality, like beyond provider. Um, yes. And you know, I think everyone has to be accountable. And like, if you say you want something, this goes for anything in life. If you say you want something, if you say there's something that you want to do or you want to be better at, whether that's, you know, getting on a regular schedule of like physical activity or, you know, losing weight or getting stronger, whatever your goal may be, or starting a business or whatever, like you have to put the work in the time in just like anything else. And fitness is no different. Most definitely. Um, rehab is no different either. Most, yeah. So, yeah. You know, making that time, making that commitment is, I think, a lot of times what is holding a lot of us back. You know, we're afraid to change our habits. We become so comfortable with pain. We become so comfortable with discomfort that we really don't want to change what we're doing. Yeah, we come home tired from work. So we sit on the couch for two or three hours and binge watch, you know, if we can. On the weekends, right. we're doing the same thing. But if we would stop doing that, how much of that would ease up or stop, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that we say we don't have time for, but there's a lot of things that we make time for. So like you said, like watching TV or binge watching or you know, whatever. And I tell my patients to like, we give them like home exercise programs that they need to keep up with. Um just that they can, you know, continuously get better and they, you know, some may not do it and it may be like for real reasons. And then some just say, Oh, I didn't feel like it. Yeah. But then it's like, then you're still in pain. So like, course. you know, like, do you want pain or do you not want pain? <laughs> exactly. You know, some people have become so accustomed to living with the way they have like, Oh, my back hurts every morning I wake up or after sitting on the couch, my ankles hurt or whatever but they never want to do anything about it because they just don't want to change the way they're living. You know, they're comfortable doing what they're doing, going yeah, and to I, their nine to five or doing this or that. Yeah. And I do, and I, you know, want to put out there too, like I do understand like, me, like mental tolls are huge on people, whether it's this population or just anybody in general, like your mental state is, definitely a make or break it when you feel like doing something whether you're depressed or you have the motivation or like you've been like this for so many years and you you just can't get yourself up out of this rut and it goes back to like the depression we talked about mm-hmm. and like when it gets to that point and if you have the means or the accessibility like go speak to somebody yes you know like go to a professional if it's not my wheelhouse i send people to the right provider if it's exactly. not me and i can't help you let me send you to whether that's like a nutritionist or a psychologist or, you know, something like I'll send you to them and then we'll create an interdisciplinary plan to where you can do PT, but then you can also see a nutritionist and you can also see a psychologist exactly. and then it becomes like a full wellness plan. You know? Exactly. You know, we treat the whole person as a person, not individually picking in pointing at certain things that we want to fix, you know, with our company, we have our four plat, our four pillars, exercise, nutrition, um, sleep or recovery with your mindset. You know, you just talked about mindset and that plays a big factor 
in whether or not we are able to do things. How have you seen that affect your patients or the people you work with? Um, yeah, so mindset is definitely everything. I, you know, I've worked with, you know, a good amount for populations from high level sport athletes to people with progressive diseases to a little bit of postpartum, you know, and, you know, at every level of any type of person that is, you know, they, everyone still has mental ruts. Doesn't matter what kind of person you are, you get into mental, you know, funks and that will definitely take a toll on whatever goals you have planned for yourself. And so, you know, in that kind of situation with patients like that, you know, it, they may need extra patient education. I mean, that's part of what we do too. We talk a lot. So some questions, it might be us sitting down for 20 minutes, just talking because this patient just needs to talk, be spoken to and they want to be heard because they feel like they're not being heard because they probably went to eight other providers in different disciplines and they just, tell them one thing in two minutes and they send them on their way mm-hmm. versus in PT, you will learn. It doesn't matter what physical therapist you talk about in whatever setting your patients literally sit down and talk to you. And we listen, like we see you so much and we just talk to you so much. So we have a better idea of, about their mental state than most, you know, providers do. And if it's an issue where, something is like so bad, you know, I get on the phone with their, their medical doctor and I say, Hey, I see so-and-so X amount of week, you know, times a week, they've been coming for X amount of weeks. You know, I'm noticing this, I'm going to send them back to you because I want you to check out what's going on. Exactly. And that could be anything from like mental to a specific injury. to they, they are starting, they're older and it seems they have dementia or something like you know, it's that constant communication to get your patients the right help they need. And it's not always PT. Exactly. You speak towards empathy. You know, a lot of times our population just wants to be heard or empathized with, you know, sympathy and empathy are two different things. It's not that we feel sorry for them. We just understand what they're going through. Right. You know, exactly. And, then and, and you, being a, a provider, it matters. You have to have empathy. Exactly. And without empathy, there is no progress. I feel, you know, you can be the smartest person in the room and know all the answers, but if you can't gain their trust to be able to listen to you, then you've lost the patient. Right. Exactly. I agree. You know, in the medical field, we go to doctors for whatever ailment. And a lot of times you're in and out in like five minutes, you wait for three hours, but then they see you in five which is a total disgust to me. You know, we're there because we need some help, but you don't even know my name half the time. So what are they doing wrong? You know, it's like the big question. Why are we going to these doctors just to get a a prescription to to feel better when in reality, there's other things going on? Yeah. I mean, I cannot speak for other providers. Um, We do like different things. We work with people, we do different things. And the amount of patients on their schedule is different than the amount of patients Mm -hmm. schedule. Um, You know, they might have to see, you know, and this goes beyond them. This starts to not to go on a tangent with like our whole healthcare system. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Goes back from like that's a different that's a different podcast. It's a different, but yeah, it's a different conversation. But you know. It goes back to that, you know, if they need this doctor to see 35 patients in a day and that you do the math and you can only spend five minutes and they still need to eat because they're humans and whatever, then it becomes this, I only have five minutes. I only have, you know, and like, that's, that's what happens in their discipline a mm-hmm. lot. You know, it happens in PT a lot. There's some physical therapy clinics that want therapist to see four patients an hour and it's insane you cannot provide patient care when you have to to watch four people how am i giving my possible best if i have to watch four people exactly you know and thankfully i don't work in that kind of you know setting um but but when it goes back to you know medical doctors which you touched on how you feel like you know they don't have enough time with you guys it's it's i mean they have to see x amount of 
patients. And unfortunately it, it, it kind of becomes out of their hands because, you know, they have to see these patients and they have to go as fast as possible. And it's not fair to the patients. It's not fair to the doctors. And it's just like a system that just needs to be revamped. I totally agree. You know, revamping the way that our healthcare system would be a, a big fix. However, I don't think, in my opinion, that's the solution to what is troubling our population. You know, we touched about how lack of time, lack of discipline, lack of interest, I feel is the main priority that people are lacking or the main emphasis. You know, we as humans get so caught up with doing X, Y, Z that we put our health our mobility and our flexibility on the back burner for whatever reason, you know, it doesn't become a priority. And I think it's time for a mental shift in this capacity to be able to put that as a priority to be able to accomplish X, Y, and Z. Yeah, 100%. Um, A lot of it is definitely mental and definitely rearranging your priority list. And, you know, you know, you have to find the time to just be a healthier version for you, especially for this population, because, you know, you're an example to your kids, you're an example to your family, you, you want to be be able to get out and probably run with your kids, and, you know, be more physically active, mm-hmm. you know, or not be in pain from whatever might have occurred from, you know, for women, if, they did give birth and they had residual, you know, effects or something like you want to be able to do those things because if you, you don't try to correct them, you know, it's going to be a lifelong thing you have to live with. So definitely just continuing to like educate population for sure. With your busy schedule, how do you stay on track with your health and your priorities? I know that you wake up early and sometimes you have to go to bed way, way late and you have a full schedule in between. Yeah. So uh, thankfully, I'm really big on the making time thing that I spoke about. So um, I if I have to I mean, it's not my situation right this second, but if I have to get up super early and go to the gym in the morning, I'll do it. I've had to do it in the past. And a lot of it for me, when people ask me like that question, it's it's hard for me to answer because my whole life I've had to do it. And that's something that I'm very vocal about. I am not the person who, you know, I don't, I don't have that major transformation from when I was super overweight and I, you know, how to do it. I was an athlete, you know, that's the truth. I was an athlete since I was 11 years old and my whole life has built, has been built around fitness. And that's why I'm so passionate, but along the way, you know, you lose, that that structure you know from being an athlete and being told by a coach what to do and then you have this shift and that shift for me happened when I finished undergrad and running track to starting my DPT program from then into now you know being a PT and just keeping that same line of being you know just disciplined and prioritizing you know working out like it's on my list like I have lists of things to do and One thing I said to myself too was I cannot compromise not working out. You know, like I have exactly X amount of days a week. You know, it has to be this number. It has to be this number. Like, and that that's because that's how much I care about making it to the gym or doing something. You know, working out, and you, you have to have the passion to do it, to be disciplined to do it. It's almost like creating a non negotiable with yourself. With parents, you know, as parents, we create non-negotiables of things our kids have to do and things they are not allowed to do. I feel like we as parents have to create those non-negotiables with ourselves, you know, of things that we have to do if we want it bad enough. Yes, exactly. Definitely just making it a priority on the lift and like start small. That's what I tell everybody. Like no one's asking you to do every day of the week, you know, one day, literally like every Monday, I'm going to do this. Like I'm going to fit it in my schedule. I'm going to do whether it's like an at-home workout or I'm going to the gym Mm -hmm. or whatever, like one day and then go from there. Exactly. You know, 
I think you also speak very true to the idea that most people or a lot of people feel that working out has to be one, two, three, four hours a day, you know, by going to the gym or going to run at the track. When in reality, they could just step out their door, walk for 15 minutes around the block or down the block and back, you know, it doesn't have to be this strenuous course of activities to get your heart rate up as long as you're moving. Yes, exactly. Uh, physical activity is anything that makes you move. <laughs> it yes. can literally be gardening. It exactly. could be mowing your lawn. Like that counts. It, it just counts. It's just, I tell my clients, just do something, get up and move. Instead of sitting on, on the couch for an hour, go walk for 15, 20 minutes and then come back and sit down, you know, do something that you like to do. You said, you mentioned gardening. Some people like to ride their bike. Some people like to go fishing, do something that gets you out of your routine on a daily basis. Yes, exactly. Um, And like you said, it can be literally anything that you'd like to do. A lot of people don't like to exercise or say they don't like it because they, they look at it like, this one thing like oh I have to do squats and I have to like go in the gym where there's like all these people I don't know what I'm doing exactly it's like no you don't have to get there yet you know we'll get you there but you know let's figure out what else you can do that you feel comfortable confident with and that it can just get you moving exactly I think one of the things that physical therapy provides for the members or the clients is that accountability and support system You know, and I think that's one thing that is lacking out in the community is that we haven't built those relationships to to have people hold us accountable or be able to support us when we need it. Yeah, so definitely having a support system, you know, you hit it on the head and, you know, if it's not a a physical therapist, right, like then, you know, have a workout buddy. If it's Mm -hmm. not, you know, a workout buddy, have an accountability group, you know. I see people do all different things. Like if you're on social media and they tell their friends to check in and they take a picture of being at the gym, then like you mm-hmm. have to take a picture of being at the gym. Your exactly. friends send people, you know, like there's so many different accountability, you know, things that you can do. Or if it's a thing where if you are, if you have the means or if you are in a two parent household or grandparents are around or something, then it's like, hey, can you watch the kids for me? if you have that, the means to exactly like this time of the day, like I have to, I have to, you know, take time away from the kids, go work out or go move or do something, you know? And I think if you have the means to do that, then definitely use those people around you. Most definitely. I think one of the things that you alluded to was creating that space, that environment around you to be that's conducive to being able to work out, go for a walk or do things that you need to for yourself. Yes, for sure. And I think that's one valuable asset of having a physical therapist and knowing that they're going to provide that space for you to be able to do the things that you normally wouldn't do, or even create a space where you can actually say, you know what, I can't squat yet, but I will be able to do that eventually. Yes, exactly. Um, and knowing how to do things properly too. Like, you know, you can go to PT for so many different reasons. And I've had, you know, so many different ranges of patients and some of them come because it's like the accountability, like they just need be like, we've fixed the pain. We're great. We're doing good, you know? And he, they're just like, well, I still need to come because if I don't have you in my life, I'm not doing anything. Exactly. Exactly. Like, sure. You know, if you need me for that, like I'm here. So That's what we're here for is to PT support each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. PT definitely turned into that. So you know, physical therapy has helped me a lot in my days, you know, from having rotator cuff issues from football, from knee injuries in football, and then tell it, tear him up a teller tendon. You know, I've come a long way. The only thing I could say about physical therapy is that you find the right one that works best for you. You know, something same with personal training, or if you need a coach, I feel like if we don't build those relationships with our clients, they're missing out on valuable information or valuable opportunities to grow. And 
people like you or professionals like you who really care about their their clients and their interactions with each other are very valuable, like real nuggets of gold. And I appreciate that. Oh, thanks so much. I, I, I definitely agree with, you know, you have to have a certain personality to be in healthcare because you are dealing with people mm-hmm. and their feelings. It's a, it's a different kind of, you know, line of work. Um, it takes a lot out of you as a provider, mm-hmm. you know, cause you're constantly giving, you're giving, you're giving, you're giving all day long to patients. Um, and there's a sense of gratitude that I'm able to help people. Um, and whenever I am very tired or exhausted or whatever, like, I know that I'm, I am making a difference in these people's lives. Of course. And like, that's, that's why I do what I do, you know? Yes. And it's a very commendable job. I mean, I'm sure the time that we've had now, I mean, it's been a wonderful time. I can just imagine the time that your members or your clients have as the course of a program, you know, the time, the great time, the relationship that you build. Now, if you could leave one golden nugget with our population, as we wrap up today, what would you say that one golden nugget would be? Even when things don't seem attainable or like not in your favor, just because you probably have a million different things going on. You might be a father, a mother, you know, you also probably have to work or anything like that. You know, you feel like you have the the weight of the world on your shoulders. You can never forget about you. Always put you first and whatever that looks like for you, put you first. Mm. Very empowering. You know, one of the biggest mistakes that I feel parents do is neglect themselves put everybody, I mean, even moms, especially moms, put their health and their priorities on the back burner for their family for many years. And you hit it, hit a home run with that. I just want to thank you for allowing us to come into your space, for allowing us to sit here with you and chat over your passion, your discipline, and all the opportunities that you afford our community. Just want to thank you for that. Thank you so much, Cos, for having me on this podcast. And, you know, if you ever need anything from me again, just let me know. I've had a joy being on here. And I just really hope that, you know, I can help at least one person from speaking here today. Hey, Amen. That's true blessing. You know, I want to remind our listeners to check the show notes below. Uh, we're going to be linking the, the IG and all the valuable resources she mentioned today in our, in our notes. So stay tuned. I want to remind you to take care, live well, so you can feel well, be kind, be respectful, have a great day. Enjoy the, enjoy the rest of your day. 